We uh, we are very blessed to have Arosha here. Before I know, a couple of you spoke to me and said, "Wouldn't it be great?" And I think one of the goals at at uh, Learners is to to really connect with uh, people within our own congregation who have something to share. We're all teachers and we're all learners. And so today we have uh, Ed and Bettina Conrad, who are members of St. John's. We have Andrew Bayless, who's a member of St. John's, and also Steve Croker, Croker, who uh, is a participant in Arosha, but he doesn't come to St. John's with us. We welcome you. <laughs> and we hope that you'll start a learner's exchange at your church. But uh, I won't take too much time because I know that they have a, a big program today, and I just want to ask you to join me in welcoming them. Okay. Yes, thank you for this. This is a, this is a, a privilege to address you. I'm the first speaker. Uh, and my name's Ed Conrad. Uh, you've probably seen me around. Bettina is my wife. And you'll get to hear each of us. So, I'll just start in. Oh, uh, I was going to ask. Uh, we just would like to know, how many people here have heard of Arosha? Just so, the majority of you. How many of you have, have paid a visit to Arosha. Well, I'll say half, probably. Yeah, and so it's it is an international organization. There, I, I can't begin to list all the, the places because um, there are probably many and there are different sizes. But uh, when we when we're speaking about Arosha, it's uh, we're at a place a site that we call Brooksdale, which is ten kilometers east of our house we can get there by bike we live in South Surrey right so uh, that's that's where we meet with each other and do what we're doing louder okay okay <coughs> so my name's Ed Conrad and uh, Bettina and I have worshipped here at St. John's since 1987 and uh, our son Timothy he uh, also worshipped here uh, as when he was a young young fellow. But in 1996, we left Vancouver and we moved back to Edmonton, which is my hometown. And uh, we had bought an old heritage property, and we thought that was that was wonderful. But uh, as so many stories like this go, once you find out that you have to maintain that building and, and improve it, it gets to be quite a different story. But um, we had, I have to say it was good, but it was work. And uh, we, did, we did have to deal with a beautiful big old house, but not a whole lot of insulation. That was th- that was one of many issues. So, so an Alberta winter is not a, a thing to laugh at. And uh, there was one January where we uh, got a bill that for the month at about two thousand dollars for ga- gas. That was the heating bill. Uh, we had some tenants in the house, but still, it was quite a bit. So we had to have a hard think about uh, what was reasonable consumption, and the whole word sustainable was uh, starting to get to have a lot of meaning for us. 
we had to come to the intimate to intimate terms with the fundamentals of warmth and shelter, two of man's most primal needs. Are you hearing me all right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. As you can imagine, we soon resolved to move back here. Uh, <laughs> we moved back to here to the lower mainland, and that was after nearly a, a, a decade in Edmonton. So, for me, uh, it was beginning of my life. Moved to Vancouver for ten years. Moved back to Edmonton because we bought this big old house, and then as I've just, we moved back here. So I don't think we're inclined to move. It. We're going to think along before we move from here. <laughs> uh, in returning to the Lower Mainland, we became involved in an emerging Fraser Valley eco-village co-housing community. Uh, here was a whole group longing to find a more sustainable way of living. We believed that our participation and dedication would help this rural community thrive and become something hopeful. So, we invested serious effort and resources in that community. The community held several new and idealistic assumptions and uh, things like consensus decision-making. Co-housing is an, uh, was a new concept, even still is. Uh, hydroponic waste treatment, uh, the idea of sharing meals in a community uh, 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 common house, there were many new ideas. Uh, so we, we, we embraced all this with the fundamental belief that we as human beings can make wonderful things happen. God was seldom mentioned, hence, nor was God consulted, hence barely relevant in the process of everything we were planning. Uh, <coughs> Currently, this same matured, now matured community is in painful cross-litigation. Uh, we are saddened by these unfolding events, but continue to wish them well as we observe de developments from afar. So, yeah, we're cheering for them, but I hope, I hope things get resolved. While we were becoming increasingly disenchanted with that eco-village community, we heard faint rumor of another community that went by a strange name that I couldn't remember. It was just hard to get that label going in my head. I heard of it through a young farm intern who chose to readjust her living situation from that eco-village to this other place. And it was an it was a Christian community, and she was moving from there to a rural East Surrey uh, location, and it was wonderfully near to our new South Surrey home, because we, we bought our home there. Uh, in time, we located this Arosha community, I got the name, and uh, found that it promised much more realism, both in its mission and actions. And so a good relationship was able to grow. In time, Bettina and I volunteered more and more until it developed into its present expressions. Combined with, we, we came back to worship here. We had 
a good uh, we were fed well when we lived in Vancouver and we worshipped here we left here for those 10 years to go and then we came back here St. John's was was a, a welcome place didn't, have, didn't take us long to, to come back here so combined with St. John's our Bible study group and Arosha Fellowship and just maturing over time I increasingly conclude that care for creation is important it is our very existence here on earth the elements that sustain and uphold us even as we exploit and extract our comfortable living God's creation is life-giving it is our clothing it is the very expression of life around us so this is what we see and touch and know around us but what about what is unseen and in play so what nurtures my faith in God is the notion that I am being saved despite myself grace is at work beyond the care I take for myself our human capabilities are not the sum of our hope it is wonderful that our salvation was initiated long before we were born and long before we learned of our culpability to sin we have a part to play in this drama but we will not be able to say that we can save ourselves our human folly will carry on as we have always done but will miss the mark again and again and again the prowess of our wits is tenuous the truth that we may not save ourselves or the truth is that we may not save ourselves or this planet I changed it my notes to may because a lot of people believe that we might and I'm also cheering for that but I'm not too hopeful so uh, the truth is that we may not save ourselves or our planet but God is big enough he was our creator (coughs) he is our sustainer and he will figure in our future we will need faith we cannot avoid it witness today we have daily bread we have been the authors of our environmental degradation we have enjoyed the comforts of our technological accomplishments but we own the outcomes so as I've said I have little faith in our human capabilities to find lasting solutions to our growing environmental and social conflicts but I will help work for solutions despite the daunting global scale of issues Arosha is a grassroots organization which works internationally contending with these matters in its localities it establishes for the long haul a solve against these issues I can explore and study what can be done against our excesses when when I'm working at Arosha Um, it's just a place where I can get my hands dirty and do something about it in my participation I hope specifically and intentionally as I work alongside others to actively pursue God's 
recreational work in the world. In this, I'm encouraged. So. Okay, I'm going to pick up from there. Am I taking your notes? Uh, nope, you're oh. not. <laughs> uh, I'm Bettina, and good morning, and I'm so pleased to be here with you this morning. So out of all of that, I'm going to ask the question uh, um, that one might ask, if God is all-powerful and eventually will bring about the new creation Why bother to do anything now? Why not just go along for the ride and just use and take, you know, just use it all up? It is because, I believe, we are part of God's new creation through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that I believe we are responsible to love and serve him by caring for his handiwork even though it is fallen and broken. For this reason, I am drawn to the work of Arasha. It bears witness to our wonderful God by caring well for the creation that he has put in our trust. Arasha engages people where they live to care for their communities, including the people, the habitat, and the creatures who occupy it. As a Christian organization, Arasha's mandate is grounded in the sure hope that God will redeem, restore, and renew his creation, and that we are invited to eagerly await and participate in his unfolding plan. This sets Arasha apart from secular environmental organizations who bear the burden of imagining that they must rescue the world on their own steam and so are left bereft, overwhelmed, and really angry. So this is a shot that Ed took a picture of. It was in a school cafeteria done by um, um, some art students. And it's a comment from Suzuki. We're in a giant car heading towards a brick wall, and everyone's arguing over where they're going to sit. (laughs) So he's just trying to... and, and that sort of reflects the mindset of the panic and the anger and the frustration that's out there. And this is what's hitting young people in the school system. Ed and I have been teachers for a long time. Um, and, and this is what hits them. So, Arash's approach is so different because its premise is built on a hope in God's kingdom coming. It invites participation in their work in agriculture, habitat restoration, and education, in offering hospitality to guests, interns, and other volunteers, and in the maintenance of buildings and grounds. And this is where our personal stories merge with the practical work unfolding every day at the Brooksdale Environmental Center. (coughs) Here you see me. (laughs) I am harvesting um, collards. It's collards, right? <laughs> I can't say. Yes, it's collards. Uh, so, um, for a meal that I make, I'm going to make that day. So I really do like to create wholesome food from scratch. And like I really mean from scratch, like right out to harvesting, using ingredients which I or other, others have harvested from the farm on site. 
And I'm especially pleased when I can work with other volunteers or interns and, and share experiences and hear their stories as we work together. So this offering of myself to hospitality at the Brooksville Arasha <coughs> Center deeply feeds my soul. And so I feed and I am fed. And this is um, outside, just outside of the main house. In the summertime, we always sit outside, and there's this wonderful sharing of food and good conversation with people from all, you know, different parts of the world, and just, uh, it's, it's a delightful time. It really is that community of God's people coming together, and I just love being part of it and feeding into that. So Ed is a practical guy. I'm going to talk a bit about Ed, about what he does at Arasha. So he'll be the first to say yes to a hands-on barn raising. In fact, uh, uh, when he discovered that there was a beautiful barn on Brooks on the Brooksville site, uh, he was really quite charmed. Perhaps that was the first charm. <laughs> uh, but that was just the bonus draw. We were no longer pursuing our own big property, <laughs> our own making our own kingdom happen. Uh, for personal gain, but the idea of working with others to restore and maintain historic buildings for a greater community good had great appeal. So the beautiful barn had some welcome modifications in which Ed played a key role uh, to make it useful for events until the time of its complete restoration, but much of his work has been to restore windows and doors of other buildings, to help with some maintenance issues, and to renovate spaces to make them more comfortable and useful for staff and interns. And it gives Ed great satisfaction to work with others together, accomplish something tangible, and then celebrate over a simple community meal and good conversation. And there he is. <laughs> so, our primary roles at Arasha have been to serve in practical <coughs> ways, but we've also received <coughs> so much um, of the gift that a God-centered community freely gives. Fellowship, worship, shared prayer, thoughtful conversations, participation in working retreats, access to inspirational literature, on-site presentations by guest lecturers. Olaf is here, and I was at one of his. Uh, and many, many celebrations. So, as we serve in this community, it has also impacted how we live away from it. I get really inspired when I know the food I purchase has been grown in ways that supports the farmers, the soil, and, of course, the creatures who are implicated I have much, a much clearer idea of the work it takes to produce really good food now because I know the farmers that grow it at Arasha. I celebrate Thanksgiving every time I shop and prepare food as I treasure the diversity of God's wonderful provision. And so we've also made other changes in how we transport ourselves. Um, now, these, none of these things are prescriptive. I want to I say that because I'm not telling you what you should do. Um, but this is just something that I have experienced or we've experienced. Um, so we, <clears throat> we've made changes in how we transport ourselves to Vancouver most of the time. So I'm really grateful for the public transit system that we have because every Sunday morning we get to walk 
um, just a few steps out of our house to a bus stop that picks us up. An express bus picks us up, rides us into town. It carries our bicycles when we plan to go a little further. And so we read books and just, you know, have a good time on the bus while we go to church. Uh, it's not a hardship at all. So uh, that those are um, so some of these inspirational ideas and and many others I've gotten from uh, a book written by Leah Costamo, and Leah is um, with her husband uh, Mark Q are the um, established the Christian Environmental Center that's here at Brooksdale. So I'm just going to read you just a paragraph from this, um, and because. Uh, she says it whoever wrote this back page says it much better than I could so plant it is not a how to book but a how so book in which the reader is invited to travel with Leah Costamo on a wild ride of salmon saving stranger welcoming and God worshipping as she and her husband help establish the first Christian environmental centre in Canada avoiding simplistic prescriptions or cliches cliched platitudes, Leah wrestles with issues of poverty, justice, and the environment through the narrative of her own life experience. The lived theology and humility of voice conveyed in these pages draw readers to new and creative ways to honor the creator as they are inspired to care for creation. So I have two copies of this book, my email address in them. If anybody would be interested in borrowing one, you would be most welcome. It is a delight. I've got two hands up. I've, they're taken. <laughs> there are more. So uh, uh, we can pass, I can pass them on after that. It really is a, it's a fun read uh, and very inspirational. So uh, just afterwards, I'll get them to you. So, uh, so I am going to just re-say that in no way is her book, uh, How to Manual, which dictates what you should do to live sustainably. Um, so, and... Just as a final comment, I've found personally, uh, in my experience, that sometimes living with less is actually, it actually means that I have more of what really matters. Less to take care of and manage, and more time to invest into friendships, places, and communities. And so, Ed and I participate at Arasha uh, with gratitude in the work, knowing that we have a part to play in a bigger story. It's God's story. And ultimately, we are trusting that he will bring to completion all that he has planned. Thank you. Oh, oh, before, just this, that's what I am. You know, I'm a foodie, so I had to do something from the farm. So these are um, some beet chips made with olive oil and salt. So I'm just going to pass them around, and then you just pass them on and help yourself to a little bunch if you like, and enjoy. Okay. Yes. Did I see Linnell in one of your pictures? Yes, Linnell, yeah. Linnell, yes, yes, she's, yeah. she's, she's helping me on Tuesday. Where she's living. No, I do. But she's not living there, she's actually volunteering. She, she doesn't like me. But yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone. My name's Andrew Bayless. Uh, I've been a member of St. John's at the evening service since 2009. Uh, this is a photo of my family, some of whom you might recognize some of whom are here right now. <laughs> uh, these are my parents, Jonathan and Lorraine, on the right. Uh, they were married at St. John's in 1983. Uh, then Ju Julia, my sister, who is also here, goes to the evening service. 
and then my wife Ada is next to me, and then uh, my other sister Larissa and her, her husband Alan. They live in Halifax, and they come to St. John's when they're here. Um, Alan works for InterVarsity, and he's actually supported by St. John's. Um, so Ada and I have spent seven years at, at Ecclesia as part of the Young Adults Group, both as members <laughs> and leading. We met each other at at Ecclesia, so clearly we're a fan of that ministry. Um, and I also serve regularly on the evening service music team. So I've always been fascinated by the natural world. I have many, many fond memories growing up in BC, camping and spending time on the Gulf Islands, going to the Vancouver Aquarium as well. When I began university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I took a wide range of courses all over the place um, at UBC. Um, and after taking a wide variety of courses, I settled on geography, and I, I fell in love with geography. Uh, during my undergrad, I worked for a forestry lab studying tree rings. So it was a very detail-oriented position. Um, and when I graduated from UBC, I worked for a PhD student in the high Arctic studying climate change. So that's what this photo is from. Um, in this photo, I'm 30 miles away from the nearest settlement, which is the second most northern settlement in the, in the world. It's called Eureka. It's on, it's on Ellesmere Island. So that was a really amazing experience. And that's, that's our camp there in the middle. <coughs> right after I got back from the Arctic, I pursued a master's degree in the UK studying conservation and land management. And I got to do my thesis on bottlenose dolphins. And so I spent a lot of time on boats taking photos of dolphins, which was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, in my years of study and my years of work in the environmental sector, it definitely be became clear that it's hard to find hope in the state of the natural world. Uh, I heard about Arasha for the first time when I was a camper at Pioneer Pacific Camp on Thetis Island. At the time, they were sending interns over to lead like, ecology activities for the campers, so they'd take them on nature walks and take them pond dipping, that kind of thing. Um, during my undergrad, I thought about doing an internship with Arasha, but <coughs> never really worked out timing-wise. Um, and then when I was finishing up my master's degree, a friend passed on a posting for a conservation biologist position at Arasha. And I applied before I left the UK and then came back and interviewed the day after I got back. And then within the span of about a month, I, uh, I got the job, finished my thesis, and started working all, all at once. And so I've been, been at Arasha for the last three and a half years. Um, in my studies and work, I hadn't really integrated my faith with what I was learning or what I was doing. Uh, but when I started at Arasha, everything began to make sense. Everything started, started to match up. Um, so Arash's vision is to see the transformation of people and places by showing God's love for all of his creation. We believe that God values all of his creation, including people, creatures, and places. Um, and we, are, we feel that we are called to steward and care for all created things. We approach this vision by engaging in scientific research, environmental education, community-based conservation projects, and sustainable agriculture. So I currently fill the role of Conservation Science Coordinator at Arasha's Brooksdale Environmental Center in South Surrey. I manage all of our ongoing surveys and research focusing on species at risk. So species at risk is a federal designation of species that, are, that have threats and they're in decline and they're facing the possibility of extinction. And so they're protected in order to prevent this extinction from happening. And many of these threats that they're faced with are human-caused, ranging from invasive species that are introduced to an area by humans and then they take over and reduce the diversity of life in an area, 
as well as loss and fragmentation of habitat resulting from human development, um, as well as pollution and contamination by humans of natural areas and watercourses. So at Arasha, we focus on species at risk in conservation science um, with the hope that by learning about these species and protecting their habitat, we're in turn protecting other species that aren't at risk yet. We focus on 11 priority species, which include a wide range of types of animals and plants, uh, amphibians, reptiles, fish, mammals, plants, invertebrates, and birds. So it's a really wide range of of study study area, I guess. Our study area is uh, the Little Campbell River watershed, which is right along the U.S. border. It runs from Langley through South Surrey through White Rock into Semiamu Bay, which is part of Boundary Bay right on the border. My first priority as a staff member is to support our conservation science interns. Um, So interns come from all over the world to live at our center for a period of time ranging from three months, sometimes up to a year. Uh, That intern on the left is from New Zealand, the one in the middle is is local. Um, And for many interns, their time at Arasha is highly transitional. They're often seeking God's guidance and direction for their life. They're often looking for experience that will help them in the next step of their career path. Um, By building relationships with these interns, I have the opportunity to have important conversations with them about personal struggles and challenges, where they're at in their walk with Christ, um, and where they feel they're being called to. Uh, When conservation science interns join our team, they each take on one of our ongoing species monitoring projects. My role is also made up by many other things, uh, including managing all of our ongoing inventory and monitoring projects, so this involves planning seasons of field work, spending a lot of time in in the river like this, Um, training interns, volunteers, and staff, maintaining equipment, that's a lot of troubleshooting and calling tech support, Uh, managing timelines, writing reports, and giving presentations. Um, I also help with grant writing and budgeting for the program, Um, and I, I help with building and sustaining partnerships with other community groups, government, staff, consultants, neighboring landowners. Uh, So I'm going to move into a few stories that I hope will sort of describe some of the work that I do. So one of our biggest success stories is in conservation science at Arasha that sort of put us on the map as a conservation organization is related to an endangered freshwater fish called the Salish Sucker. It's about, it can grow to be about 30 centimeters long. It lives in uh, deep pools in river systems. It's a bottom bottom feeder, and it's it's very at risk. Um, It's only found in 11 watersheds throughout the world, and all of those are located in southwestern BC and northwestern Washington. And it faces many threats, including loss and fragmentation of habitat, uh, poor water quality, low water quantity, and predation. So it's being preyed on by other species. Invasive species are an issue, too. So historically, the sales sucker was found in the area that we do our work, in the Little Campbell River watershed. But in the, in the early 1970s, a bunch of researchers looked for it and weren't able to find it. Um, And so it was established as extirpated, which means extinct in a local area. So it was extinct within the watershed. And then in 2011, one of our interns uh, was pulling a bunch of traps in our pond on site at Brooksdale and pulled up this trap with this fish that she didn't recognize. And it turned out to be a sailor sucker. So it was the first one seen in in over 30 years. Um, Oh, 40 years, actually. Um... And so this finding was very significant for Arasha as an organization, as well as just the conservation of the species in general. Uh, We've continued to set traps pretty much every 100 meters along the entire river uh, since then, and uh, we've caught 
close to 40 of them. So still not many, <laughs> but it's, it's encouraging to see that they're still kind of spread out and using, using the area. Um, so this finding put ourselves, put our organization on the map in the conservation world. It was very significant. Uh, and we do believe that this was part of God's plan for Arasha, that um, just in terms of the impact that it had on building relationships with other organizations and sort of establishing a reputability as, a, as an organization as well. So I'm going to show you a video of me taken by one of my interns that shows us looking at the contents of a trap that we just pulled. And so you'll see me counting and removing some fish that we aren't caring as much about. They're not one of our focal species. And then, and then I'll count the salish suckers that are in there. So it's always really amazing to pull up these traps, not knowing what you're going to get. But also, when they stay out of seconds, it's really exciting. So, not quite past our record, but yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh. We put the camera underwater and you get to see the fish. So that's always really, really fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy it. <laughs> Clearly, I, I was excited. <laughs> um, sorry? Was that a question? I missed it. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to move into three quotes that I feel gave a bit of a window into some of my work. Um, so this quote is from the head of a community-based conservation organization that we partner with on a lot of projects, a lot of habitat restoration projects. And she's, she's, aware, she's aware that we're a Christian organization, but she also is under, is, has the impression that, that all of, some Christians are responsible for some of the damage done to the natural world. And so we were working on a habitat restoration t- project together, and she was describing sort of what Arasha is to someone else who didn't know about Arasha. And this is what she said. She said, they're Christians, but they do good work. Um, <laughs> so in some ways it might sound like an insult or a, a dig, but I sort of, I recognized it as a compliment because she associates some Christians with a neglect for the natural world, but she didn't associate that with Arasha. Um, from her perspective, Ar- Arasha's work was able to speak for itself in the conservation sector from a non-Christian wor- worldview as well. Um, she recognized that our work was making a difference, and she also recognized that it was motivated by faith in Christ Jesus. Um, and so this is an example of how I find Arash's work bridges the gap between the Christian and secular worlds. This next quote is from the same person. Uh, we, were, we went to Maine Island to do a shoreline restoration workshop, and we were on the ferry coming back, and I was sort of being intentional about um, expressing my, uh, how I enjoy partnering with them, and I, I appreciate that the work that they're doing. And she was complimenting us as well. And um, But she sort of responded by saying this. She said, we, we do what we can. It's not about hope. And to me, Arasha just switches that around. It's not, it's not about what we're able to do ourselves, and it's all about the hope that we have in God. Um, so in saying this, she confirmed my long-established thought that without a faith in God that necessitates the belief that God cares deeply for his whole creation, that it all belongs to him, 
and that one day he will make all things new, it is hard to find hope in the state of the natural world without that faith in God. So I hope and I know that by practicing witness with our hands and feet, as we do at Arasha, uh, we open opportunities for non-Christians to experience God in a new and tangible way. This last quote uh, comes from a con- conversation. I always, I always say conservation instead of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I had a conversation with, uh, with. Uh, he was the head of a development group, um, and it was at a stakeholder meeting, and we were discussing uh, an upcoming pro- development project nearby Brooksdale in South Surrey. And I was meeting him for the first time, and he shook my hand, and he said, you work for Arasha? Congratulations! And I had never been congratulated like that before, like for a job that I'd had for several years. It was kind of strange. Um, but it was clear that Arasha's reputation preceded me, and it didn't matter what I was doing with Arasha, but he knew that whatever I was doing, it was a privilege to represent them. And so he had an established knowledge of the work that Arasha had done building relationships with members of various sectors and various contexts, and he was aware of our deep commitment to a single place for the long term. And so again, I think that this speaks to how Arasha is uniquely able to connect Christians and non-Christians involved in environmental work. This last story is about one of our interns. So last fall, in the fall of 2016, we had four interns, uh, two of whom were struggling with mental health issues. Uh, one intern in particular was definitely searching for this deeper meaning in her life. She, she came from a very challenging background and it had shaped who she was. Uh, she had a, this deep spiritual side to her, too. She was searching for some sort of spiritual connection with, with people and with the, the world around her. She suffered from a bipolar disorder and found it very challenging to settle in at Arasha. She was kind of trying out different things, but never really felt at home in, in one particular work area. Um, she was, however, constantly and deeply engaged in relationships with staff and interns and volunteers, and these relationships enabled her to ask difficult questions learn more about Arash's mission as an organization and explore the Christian faith in ways that she hadn't before. And the day she left, she announced to our team that she had accepted Christ into her life and she had become a Christian. And so this was a really amazing process to be a part of. I feel like all of us as staff and volunteers and interns had sort of small conversations with her over over the course of her time with us. And um, yeah, it was really amazing to to see this happen and she spoke of the key role that Arasha had played in her life and how the team had inspired her to follow Christ um, and so I feel like Arasha's history is just full of these kind of stories uh, where people encounter God in a real and deeply personal way so I can't begin to describe how grateful I am to work for Arasha um, so I'm going to show you a video now another video that um, hopefully provides a window into some of Arasha's work It touched me directly and started to impact how I looked at how I ate, um, how I communicated, how I transported myself. It connected me to creation, and I wasn't connected before. When I'm in the classroom, I am thinking in my head, when do I get to go home? But when I'm outside and learning, I'm thinking, I don't ever want to go home because it's so fun. I was just constantly trying to find something, but I wasn't aware that I'm searching till the day I drove to that gate. We had a large home, high-performance vehicles, ski boats. Didn't have a big 
real vision of the world issues. Uh, we recycled, but that was about as far as we went into that world. I didn't become aware of the footprint we had. What I became aware of is my anger towards the issues. So about the same time, I met Marku Kostomo, uh, executive director of Arasha, and he talked differently about the same issues, the hopefulness of creation care, uh, a loving God. I just started changing. Sold the Mustang, bought a hybrid. And they were all natural actions as a result of a relationship with God. This organization is grounded in real science. And so uh, when they are brought into a, an, an ecosystem, whether it's a river or a forest or something, they first evaluate it, they map it, they document it, and then they begin to move forward with science-based change, whether it's new plants, uh, removing invasive species. And so they're in the river, in the dirt, moving things around, uh, teaching children about it, uh, te- you know, working with other environmental organizations. And over time, that environment ecosystem thrives. The sailor sucker is a fish that created a shockwave through the community. It's been missing for decades in the Little Campbell watershed. And one of the interns got up one morning and in her trap she found it, and it was a big deal. This, this creature was thought to have been extinct. And so now there's an opportunity to help research it, bring it back, and adapt the community to maybe it thrives again. Arasha is an international footprint around the world, over 20 sites. And so you have this wonderful flow of international students, uh, scientists, theologians, moving from country to country, doing good science and good community work in, the, in each of their environments. When I'm in a classroom, they're just telling me what it is. I don't get to see it, touch it, or hear it, or even smell it. But when I'm learning and like touching it or drawing it, I can feel it, see it, I can do it with all my four senses, and I feel like that helps me learn more. My name is Brian Brules, and I'm in grade seven. Kids can experience Arasha by going to summer camps or field trips. I got to experience going to a summer camp, which was very fun for me because I got to explore around and just see all the different animals that they have here. The first thing that I did when I was here is I fed chickens. <laughs> I also went to the forest. We built a little fort from the twigs. We went down to the lake and tried to catch fish to see if one was invasive. If it doesn't belong, sometimes they can ruin the ecosystem by eating other things, and then it's taking over the whole ecosystem. <laughs> In Arabic, there is a word that says, That means you do everything for the love of God. I never felt that I am more comfortable talking about this or actually expressing it freely till I came here because everyone is doing it. Maybe they say it a different way, but it is the same thing. In Arosha, the sustainable agriculture is part of their mandate because it just go back directly to the love of creation. You take care of what the soil needs from you so you plan what to give the soil, and the soil will give you back. And what will give you is actually perfect for you in the season. It is just respecting 
nature and working with it as you are part of it that you are not just want to take a profit out of it so this is the right way to live anyway There's a community aspect here that I think is missing and for a lot of people in their lives. And when you come to Arasha, you're, you plug into this community. And very quickly, you're sharing your life with people who you've only met over soup and a piece of bread. I feel like I've learned a lot and I do have a responsibility to help this planet. So my ultimate joy is when the person in front of me takes the first spoon and they tell me, wow, like the amount of flavors that they get. This is my ultimate joy of chemistry. Arasha has changed me because I, I love going outside now. I do want to be a person who helps out the environment. And that's what the right thing to do. I love this organization. And uh, I'm so thankful for the impact it's had on my life, on my family. And I love that it does what it does. And I support it with everything I have. My love is for... Arosha as a whole, including the land setting. But the land setting is not the main thing, it is the people. Arosha for me is my place of belonging. Love it, yeah, truly. That's a great film and uh, hopefully conveys uh, um, a bit more of uh, some of the different aspects of, of our work. My name is Steve Croker. I'm, I'm here with my lovely wife, Shai. Um, we bring greetings to you from All Saints Community Church, where, where we worship in South Surrey. Um, and uh, um, yeah, we uh, are, are glad to be here. I have quite a few connections with St. John's. I, I used to live in Vancouver. Um, often went to the evening service, um, been to a number of youth services, and have plenty of relational um, links here. So um, I feel very welcome here. And uh, I just want to, first of all, encourage all of you, um, thank you so much for coming, um, for, for continuing to be interested in uh, creation care and what God is doing among you, um, within you and among you. Um, one of the things that I think uh, has become more and more clear to to us, um, certainly to me, is um, is that working in environmental conservation work, uh, caring for for God's stuff, um, needs to be done in community. Um, uh, that that is one of the other things that we're noticing so often. Is some of the people that come to Arasha, whether that's to come and join us for a volunteer day or as an intern, that um, <coughs> they often come very depleted um, and and very. Um, overwhelmed um, with the state of the nation, so so to speak, the state of the world. Um, and so again, my, my encouragement to you, to you 30 people here, is um, is, is continue to do something together. Um, what 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 whatever that might become for this community. Um, what 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 we're hoping with Arasha is that we can connect with even just a small group of people in a lot of different places and um, encourage, possibly resource, 
um, uh, possibly give opportunity to have a um, transformational experience. Uh, come down to Brooksdale and join us for lunch. If you're lucky, you'll be there when Bettina's cooking. Um, but we have plenty of great cooks, and um, and and obviously it's it's the cooking and the conversation that happens. Um, one of the things I've appreciated about Arasha over time is that um, uh, the organization globally is able to bring people to the table to um, talk about things, to eat, yes, but to talk about things, uh, people who, who normally wouldn't be able to come to the same place and talk. Um, they're at different sides of some issue. And, uh, and, and again, that's something which uh, I, I think is important for all of us, um, especially as, as, as Christians, as, as people of faith, as we're leaning into our own journey, our own challenges with, with what, what shall I then do? Um, that I know the... The, um, some of the information and, and some of the information is fairly um, yeah, is, is fairly daunting and so what shall we then do um, and again I'll just um, what, what I want to move to very quickly is, is our question time um, but uh, one of the responses that we have um, uh, I guess embraced with our interns often because they ask all these kinds of questions is, um, and, and this comes from Lauren Wilkinson who many of you will know and or at least know of um, and uh, he's, he's just got some great points of uh, some everyday suggestions. So we don't have a to-do list. You must do these things. Um, and some of you may have heard some of these before. I'll just, uh, they're, they're quite extensive here in terms of a bit of a, a, a line on, on each one. But again, just for encouragement for, for this morning, don't be weighted down by the bad news of a wounded creation that you forget to enjoy the sheer gift and miracle of it. Um, I think that's an important thing for all of us. Uh, especially if you watch any of the news. Um, this is an important posture. Um, don't take yourself too seriously. Um, he, he goes on quite extensively about that, about <laughs> environmental uh, fundamentalism, legalism, all that kind of thing. Um, we, we, we need to be people that are um, coming alongside each other and those that we come in contact with and, um, and find out where they are on their journey of faith, particularly, and of whatever happens to be important to them in the creation care context, and that might not be their, their language either. So uh, trying to learn where are these connection points. Um, and as much as possible, know where your food <coughs> comes from, and know your food. <laughs> um, as, as Lauren Wilkinson has schooled us when, when we go over to Galliano for, for retreats, um, uh, m- m- there's many people that don't want to be associated as an environmentalist because of all the baggage that it carries. Um, conservationists, well, that's perhaps a bit more trendy. Um, something like that, that's, that, that, uh, that's, that's possibly okay. But, um, but, but part of it is that Lauren has, has, um, has reminded us that we're all eaters. Um, therefore, we all have interrelationship with the environment that, that we make choices three times a day that, um, that, that can affect what is happening around us. That's a very different um, posture to, to approach it. And then some of the things about um, knowing where your food goes um, and this, this concept of uh, there, there is no away. Um, you can't throw something away. Um, so, I mean, these are all, uh, I mean, I'm sure many of you have, have grappled with some of these things already um, and uh, different aspects of this. And again, what, uh, what I'd like to, I guess, leave as, as a challenge, and then let's have some, some question time, um, is, you know, what, what is this community of people going to continue to do? Because I know there's already plenty of good things happening. And, uh, and, and how can you, I mean, again, these 30 people 
um, and 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 your friends, um, family, come and 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 continue to to help each other on this journey. Uh, if that involves coming down to Arasha, please do. Um, join us for some of our events or volunteer day. Um, on that one, again, I would challenge you, bring a friend or three. <laughs> um, we, we, we do need people. Um, we've, we've got lots going on, um, but we, we certainly do need people. And, of course, we also do need your, your prayers. So I know many of you um, do get our uh, e-news that's, that's sent out, um, that kind of thing, and that usually has plenty of information for, for you to... Uh, uh, take to God in prayer, and um, and so again, we just want to encourage that as well. We 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 know that. Uh, I mean, you've heard a number of stories that Sailor Sucker one being one of them. So many spill-off stories on that that we can't but think, um, God, you are great to use this insignificant. Everybody thought was lost, um, now found, and this transformation <laughs> in all kinds of different ways. Even to, uh, <coughs> I'd, I'd say, be at, at at the core of stopping a. Um, truck parking facility to be built right next to the river um, and uh, so, so that, that little fish had something to do with it and, and again as that story with its many um, tapestries has unfolded it's, uh, it's been evident that God is at work in so many different ways through that so, so that's some more encouragement but yeah let's, um, let's just open it up for, for some questions again it can be um, uh, of course beyond anything that we've talked about here just to um, enjoy learning from each other. So, yes, yeah, at the back. Do you use pesticides? We 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 don't. So our our farm is is not a certified organic farm, um, but uh, it's it's the closest thing without that piece of paper. Um, so uh, our our community shared agriculture program. This involves um, all of the food that's that's grown there is partly for what we use on site but also in, in the share program. And, and that touches about, um, well, we, we have about 80 shares. That touches about 400 people um, who, who are eating food out of this garden and, uh, and, and being inspired by uh, all kinds of things, um, discovering good things about God and the recipe that tells you what to do with something that you don't quite know what it is. Um, and so uh, there's all kinds of, uh, again, learning opportunities as we reconnect with our with our soil and environment, yeah, yeah. Do you still sell food out of Russia? We through through the CSA program, yes. Um, that's that's our that's our main main food um, serving sharing thing out outside of our, our actual site, um, and then we have just all the food that comes in. I mean, we, we've got a small store, um, so people can buy grass fed beef and some of the different animals that, that yeah, eggs and, and, and some of the different animals that we've raised over different times, um, that's all that's all available. So How often is that store open? Yeah, it's, it's currently open uh, only on Saturdays. We need more people. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, that, that hopefully will become a future um, area of growth. Just um, our, our site development plans will be um, expanding a lot. So um, do keep in, in, in touch with us over the time. Um, these next years are going to be quite exciting as, as um, what, what develops around us and how we can um, interact with both the planning and process of that. Um, the, the, the property next to us, but the the, the 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 store is one of those opportunities for public to wonder, um, find out what's what's happening. They, they they literally wander on onto the site, not knowing anything about Arasha, but perhaps haven't even heard this this creation care stewardship 
um, posture either, but they come to buy an egg, or at least a dozen eggs, and um, and and their life is transformed by the renewing of their mind, and uh, and and thus it goes. So that is one of the, the key key things we want to develop. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I have three questions. Mm. First is, uh, what does emotion mean? How do you mm. get this name? Okay. Second is, how does where do you get the funding for the scientific research? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the uh, third is, uh, uh, what's a public website? Okay, great, yeah. Well, so the first um, question was, um, wh- where did the name Arasha come from? So thank you for asking. It's, it's Portuguese for the rock. And um, there's a quite, a, again, a, a fairly lengthy story about how the first Arasha project started. Um, it started in Portugal by a uh, couple who were, uh, he, he was an Anglican priest, actually, from England, and uh, um, they, together with another family, went down to Portugal. Um, why Portugal? Uh, they're still, I think they understand God's leading in that, but they're still kind of scratching their heads a bit, um, and, and that's, for, for the first ten years, it was just Portugal. Um, that area, um, in, in, in Portuguese, uh, I don't speak Portuguese, but apparently uh, Rasha, as rock, means kind of a boulder. Um, and this area that they were um, setting up a field study center, basically, uh, where people could come and do some bird watching and study this wetland. So again, they, the uh, point there was to take on a place very particularly and just stay there and do what needs to be done, learn about it, uh, educate people about it, all that kind of thing. So, and the local people referred to that area as Rasha, and so uh, Rasha, the the rock. And of course, there's the um, our, our biblical foundation that um, Jesus is our rock, and, and that's what we um, bu- are building the organization on. And again, it's um, uh, I, I love these kind of questions because I can uh, tag off on, on different things. I mean, um, yes, Rasha is an organization, but. Um, there is a movement, and you are a part of it. Um, and so we recognize our role as an organization, but again, it really is to nurture um, other groups of people who are gathered together to, uh, to, to care for God's creation in, in, in that sense, to transform communities into healthy places. And by health, we really want to drill into that. That means not just my health, fresh air, uh, all clean water, all those kinds of things, but um, those things particularly um, being focused on. So not just about me, about our, our, our neighborhood, those kind of things. So I'll, I'll just answer the, the I'll, I'll, I'll jump to the third question. That's just arasha.ca. Um, and I will make that, that point. Um, we, we do have some brochures um, just right outside here in, in this, um, this coffee area. If you'd like to grab one, all the information is there, and, and please get in touch. Um, how, how do we finance some of these things? Um, so, uh, I mean, with some of Andrew's work, we've been able to get um, grants from government, from different organizations. So, again, as a Christian ministry, we're in a very um, bridging kind of relationship with so many different things so that we can get funding. The problem with some of those fundings are, of course, they're six months or nine months. And if you're monitoring something, you need 60 years or <laughs> more, right? So, um, so, so, so some of those help us, but then it's always the struggle to kind of get more. Um, over 60% of our uh, of, of our budget um, is is donor based. So, just people who um, recognize that that, that um, they can um, help help support. Um, a note on that is that, as as you know, with nonprofits, I mean, this is the basic um, basic economies. When um, when you're a for profit, and I've been in one of those for some time, 
when sales go up, hallelujah, you can hire more people. You can produce more stuff. Um, for nonprofits, when production goes up, when program expands, um, people just work harder. And because um, <laughs> uh, you, you can't, and, and, and um, on top of that, um, some of the people who work very hard are Ed and Bettina, who have joined. And what a wonderful thing when an organization is kind of going along and some people come on board and they very quickly start to say, we they start to own that they're a part of it. Um, uh, this is our our organization, our <coughs> movement, our joining in with this. So um, this was uh, tremendous for that Ed and Bettina joined us uh, very early, and, and other people have come alongside too. So that's that's a big part of it. Um, we, we even have some funding from groups like Van City, um, and uh, the uh, TD, you know, all the banks are kind of getting well on their way. They've been doing this for years, but now people are, and, and I think they're getting some of their, their community support happening. So we've got some great relationships with ongoing. For, for years, Van City has funded us in a number of particular projects. So we, we, we hope to continue to build those areas. Um, and then, of course, we have some areas of fees. So my, my wife works um, alongside a couple other folks on our team that um, doing environmental education for children. So this is uh, school groups that come down and they're ramping up. They've got a great relationship with the Surrey School District. Um, m- uh, many of our, our schools are Christian schools, but uh, many of them are not. And so the, uh, some dynamic programs, again, of inspiring these kids. I mean, the, the, the video that, that Brian is just a fantastic um, uh, really advocate for us because he helps all of us recover um, this awe and wonder of, of God's good good creation and how we we can join in to do something and just recover that wonder. So, thank you for your questions. Yeah, the lady next had a wonder. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't agree more about what you're saying with mm-hmm. the kids. I worked as a, my first year of retirement, I worked um, in an elementary school, uh, and, and I was amazed at what little kids knew, mm. you know, I mean, at lunchtime, you'd find one of them saying, Annie, that's the wrong box for the water bottle, uh-huh. you know, this uh-huh. kind of stuff, and they seem to know more than their fathers did. Uh-huh. Um, I have a question about, um, not not what we eat, well, I guess what we eat, animals. Um, I like watching Knowledge Network, where you see things that I wouldn't want to meet on a dark and mm-hmm. <laughs> really, you know, fantastic things. Uh, is and but they tell us that 200 species are disappearing about every year, and so is everything worth saving? Because mm. I could personally live without a mosquito. I I would join you. My, my my wife would join you even more. I I I have sour blood, so they take one bite out of me and they carry on. They don't, <laughs> but they go feast on, on on my wife. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that that's 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 a that's a, a big question. Um. In, in in many ways, I mean I think Bettina was was addressing some of it in in her talk of, um. You know, just saying. So, I mean, God has made these wonderful things. And um, our role as, as we um, stand in our posture before him is to say, um, sometimes to ask why, um, but then sometimes to say how, and, and just ask that question of, of how can we <coughs> care for your creation that you have made, and it is intrinsically good. So we find the strangest things. That's one of the things that I love about the different interns that come, and they end up studying all these uh, strange things, like there's a freshwater mussel that is in our watershed, 
Um, and somebody's fascinated about this. And they come, and the things that you, like, like you're saying with, with the children, how, how much they discover and know. And then as we can make links with people on, okay, um, how much you're learning, and how does that relate to trying to understand your relationship with God and to, to try to understand more about him. So that's, um, there's, there's plenty of, of links there. Um, we'd have to talk more about how um, particular things that we can do, because um, again, God has called us as stewards to, to be involved, to, to manage, to change things. Um, we go and pull out a bunch of invasive species. Andrew himself is taking um, fish that shouldn't be there, um, and, and we know they shouldn't be there because they've studied them, and God has, has, has you know, given us opportunity to learn about that. So we are supposed to be engaged, and I think that's what shifts the thing from, well, as Bettina asked that question, why bother? Because, I mean, that's, that has been... And uh, even though you, you might have crossed that bridge, as, as I have, I've, I've crossed that bridge, yes, it does matter what I do now on earth in my relationship with God. That's, that, that matters now and it matters later. Um, and later, by what I mean later, is eternity later. Um, so, so that's going to help me when I do feel overwhelmed by a particular um, you know, part of our environmental degradation. One of the other postures that I think, um, again, many of you will be on this page of, of, of understanding that um, we, we, we don't really, I mean, we, we have an environmental crisis, for sure, but really what's behind that is a human behavioral crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's our behavior that has transformed and impacted the environment, and God still has us here. So we can still do something and, and ask those questions too. And um, we are still here. So let's let's dig in and get our hands involved in whatever way. So yes, yeah. Just on the comment on mosquitoes, I don't know if it's true or not, but mm-hmm. I once heard it transformed my view on bugs. Uh-huh. I once heard that the black fly is instrumental in uh, the production of blueberries. I don't know if that's true or not. But okay. But here, here's my question. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Do you utilize volunteers to come in for certain amounts of time, Saturdays, evenings, summertime, <coughs> to get the work done of, 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 of Russia? Yeah. Or like when, like when I th- hear the word intern, I, I'm thinking of students, like mm-hmm. master's, PhD students, but do you use volunteers as well? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, on, on, on all those areas and time slots, yeah. So our, our, our kind of main areas in, of, of involvement are with the agricultural sustainable living, with the conservation science, with environmental education. So we have people that came yesterday uh, to help run a kids program, uh, a, a small group of volunteers that helped Shai and Ruth run our environmental education program. So um, yes to all of those, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll find something for sure. We're also finding there's, there's other opportunities for people to be involved, um, you know, not just at our center, but in other ways as well. So that's where... Um, as an organization, we're hoping to, to help that. So, yeah, please get in touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, at the back, yeah. Um, locally or anywhere in the world, do you have any kind of overlap whatsoever with the Catholic monastic world? There's, some, there's a family resemblance here, mm-hmm. obviously, isn't there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say even our um, Brooksdale Environmental Center here, um, just on, on the whole front of, uh, of, of journeying, in creation care with contemplative prayer. 
um, which um, is, is certainly part. Of, we're, we're all on on, on the sort of awareness. Um, thanks to um, a number of people part of our community to um, draw us into some of that. And um, I, I don't know if any particular specific, um, you know, I'll say formalized relationships exist globally, um, but we definitely have a lot of relational connections. I mean, again, that's where, um, uh, that's, that's one of the things that I've uh, often been inspired by and am grateful to be a part of, um, where there's an organization that can uh, both cross-culture, uh, cross-generational, and certainly um, can, can, can be a service to the broader Christian community. And, uh, and then obviously also in that cross-cultural, there's that opportunity for, um, for just finding out what do you believe. Um, and, uh, and, and those opportunities are, are frequent. So again, we're, we're trying to establish more particular roles. And again, even with the church to say, I mean, St. John's is a lead church in Vancouver. And, and already St. John's has, um, I, I think, um, you know, helped in, in that whole movement of, of a posture of, of caring, um, building communities, that kind of thing. And so um, that's, that's an important thing, and that's what we want to call, call the church to, um, is, is to recognize your role. If um, our, our founder did a study early on which mapped the globe, he, he, he got some geographer mapper people in, and um, they mapped the globe of, of uh, all kinds of environmental hotspots, whatever that meant. Um, they had some particular criteria. And lo and behold, the next map layer um, was where the Christian church globally was strong. And many of those places matched up. So part of the realization for the Harrises, our, our founder, was, wow, if we can mobilize the church in these places... Um, that are hot spots, but also in other places, um, perhaps even places where we can help the hot spots by what we do in how we live, um, there could be a real change. And again, that, that kind of perspective, well, gosh, that's hopeful. That's, that, that gets a whole different thing than, well, gosh, I don't know what I would do about the fact that there's um, you know, some desert that's taking over a particular area, and I really don't think I have anything to do with it. You know, it just really shifts you out of that, and I think those are important things for us to to um, have. Yes, one other question there, yeah. Still Creek uh, River system, mm. is it anything like the Campbell? Um, I, I would defer to, do you, do you know anything about that? Okay, okay. Um, um, tell us what, what you know about the Still Creek River system. It runs through a very industrialized area, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is covered up. Uh -huh. But uh, I understand that they now have fish living in these areas mm. that uh, mm. migrate to the open air, but they'll go through miles of tunnels to right. Get to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one one, one thing that, that I, I would comment on that. So I'm again, again, not knowing particularly about that that river, that that creek system. Um, one of the other things that, that I think is, is helpful that we begin to think in watershed um, rather than in municipality. So our our watershed that, that we're focusing on, the Little Campbell watershed, goes through four different municipalities. Um, you've got to be really keen on that because you've got to talk to four different governments um, and their different community groups, and that's really important. But we're thinking beyond that because the river goes all through it. So that's, that's often been, uh, I mean, both in our theological, um, specific theological <coughs> teaching with our students or when we have other opportunities to, to, to engage at different campuses, 
um, you know, a river running through it. Um, we live on the river at, at Brooksdale. Um, we know that what we do affects people downriver. We also know what happens upstream affects us. And again, lots of good theology there, as well as um, lots of good practical. Let's get to know the people that live upstream and downstream um, so that we can work together. And again, that's, that's a lot of what uh, Andrew and, and his team have really been forging relationships. It's fantastic for, you know, again, love your neighbor. Well, Andrew gets to go up to our neighbors um, for no other reason, well, many other reasons, but just to knock on the door and say, hey, do you know that um, one of the only western toad species is in your backyard? That's, that's the only one in our, yeah, our, 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 the Fraser Valley, let alone our, our watershed. Could we please study it? And then over years, well, those people came to the presentation uh, of, of the interns that were studying the toad. Um, some people aren't that welcoming. Um, now, and, and so, so again, uh, I mean, aside from running away from dogs that are barking or that kind of thing, <laughs> or worse, um, uh, there's, there's opportunity to engage people um, with something very different. And then they, it's again an opportunity just to get to know. So again, I think uh, one of the other things that I've, um, I, I guess, been inspired by is that Araja has given us this opportunity to creatively engage people with the gospel. Um, and that starts by knocking on the door to say, can I please come and check the fact that you've got these wonderful little toads out there that are very important, and we can begin to tell you why the, the frog, in its particular role in the ecosystem, plays an important role. And, and if we don't care for that, um, and as we're inspired to care for that, God is glorified and uh, the benefits flow from that. So I'm just conscientious of our time. Should we wrap up or do we have time for... I'm just watching the, the big people. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they're still going. There's one or two more questions. David, speaking? Okay, sure. I'm a cliff dweller, like many people in Vancouver. <clears throat> we are rapidly becoming a concrete jungle. And living for the last 30 years, I have not lived in a place where I could produce any of my own food. Mm, mm. And we are separated by greater distances all the time. Even when we shop in, in stores, mm. we can't read the labels because they've reduced the size of the printing. Could you just comment on that? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going mm-hmm. to happen to us? 25% of the remaining single-family dwellings in Vancouver will be gone. Right by uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard that same yeah. same same report. Yeah, well, yeah. We're yeah. not going to be anywhere near <coughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, and and that's Vancouver compared to lots of other places yeah. that, uh, that that have that. So yeah, I mean, how how do you connect with with your food source? I mean, one of the things that we're partnering with folks at different levels on on doing community gardens where where people can come out of their their home dwelling and find a garden to be a part of. Um, of, of course, a balcony garden. Some people are, are, it's amazing what they can grow on that, that little piece. Um, again, you, you need to know what you're doing. Um, uh, but the, our, our point with that is start doing something and you will learn. So, and don't start with some you know, exotic lettuce that you think might be fun to have. You know, start with something very basic that, 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 that you can do. And, and again, that, that, will, um, that will invite other opportunity. I know there's some um, some communities that, uh, in, in terms of a uh, complex, that, that will, will themselves have a community garden, a rooftop garden. You know, some of these things that, I, again, I think you're right, we, we need to lean into that because we are being disconnected from our 
our food, and it is difficult to to find, you know, what what are we actually eating, and and what has been the environmental impact of that particular product, such as palm oil, which is in a lot of our food, our cosmetics, things like that. My wife and I were were recently at a palm oil plantation in um, in in uh, in uh, East Malaysia on the island of Borneo. Uh, just um, devastating what's happened there because of palm oil plantations taking over the jungle. Um, so that's another thing. Yeah. Should we have maybe just one more? Or? David's still speaking. You're welcome. I'm usually I'm re- usually quite ri- oh I forgot my book. I'm usually quite rigid with the group they know. So I I is there one last question? Great, good, good. Well, I just want to take this opportunity then to say thank you so much for such an engaging and stimulating and, I, I don't know, I feel like it was a banquet of ideas. Mm. <laughs> At moments I was hungry. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you could bring a cart of fresh veggies into church every Sunday and we could buy them here. And then. There you go. But I just want to thank you so much for taking your time and, and showing us just one more aspect of how Applied faith mm. gives us a, a way of enriching our mm. relationship with God. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.